Hello, Solomon, David, and Mikey. This is Kevin Mutombo. You have a podcast, your show, Sporting DSM. Fun. Hey, Solomon here. David. And Mikey, welcome back to Sporting DSM. We have David Jolovitz back again for another episode. Let's go. <laughs> That's right. And the NBA is underway. Uh, how you doing, David? Good. I'm uh, alive. So this, is, uh, uh, this is the end of uh, week two of the NBA season. Uh, and, and we got some, uh, some crazy things going on. First off, last week, actually, the Clippers-Mavericks game, the Mavericks mm-hmm. led the Clippers by 50 points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is huge. The 50-point lead at halftime was the biggest ever. The biggest lead but in halftime, in NBA history. In NBA history. <laughs> well, the Clippers seem to have uh, PTSD from the playoffs last year. <laughs> I, you know, I know what the P stands for in PTSD. <laughs> no, but seriously, what the hell happened that night? What happened? Well, so I, I have it on... I have a good authority that somebody put down the controller in the first quarter. Yeah, I've never seen a game like that. I, oh 50 God. points at half. It means that, that I don't even know. Man, it's, it's beyond words. <laughs> Maybe try hockey. Maybe try hockey. Yeah, it's been an up and down season thus far, you know, as far as who's beating who, but 50 points at half is, I'm not sure, what do you, how do you coach for that? So you get back and you go, all right, everyone hydrate, you know, what's, do you, what's the first play you run what out of a locker room, a 50 do? point shot? Yeah, what does Tyron do when the third quarter starts and it's like, okay, we're down by 50. Yeah. But that doesn't mean yeah, like, <laughs> yes, it does. What's yeah. supposed to happen by then? <laughs> what what now? So if we can if so if we can run twenty five point margins in each of the next two quarters, we can at least tie it. Not even win it, but tie it. <laughs> Just unbelievable. Right. And it's not even like they have to score twenty five points, it's that they have to catch up with their opponent because they're scoring twenty five points, they're the other team's gonna score. Another 25 points. They're going to be the same place where they were. Yeah. That's not happening. Yeah, even even if the L.A. Rams were to score seven points a touchdown, they wouldn't cover the spread. That, you know, mail it in, boys. It's over. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. What are you supposed to tell the Clippers? Yeah. Like- and, like, even at the end of the game, if the Clippers didn't score from halftime till the end of the game, they, they still would have won. They still would have won. Because the Clippers had 77 at half. By the end of the game – no, sorry, the, the, yeah. the Mavericks. The Mavericks had 77 at the half. By the end of the game, the Clippers had, I think, 73. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yep, yep. And, and you're also kind of screwed because if you're, if you're realistically, if you're down 50 points at halftime, are you really putting your starters back out there to chip it away to 38 points? I mean, I wouldn't want oh PG to get hurt. Half the, it's like, what yeah, are you thinking? Right. It's one of those throwaway oh. games, which means that you're also running the, the chance that if you get outscored by 20, you lose by 70 with your backups. So. Exactly, and you wouldn't want that. No. Right. I mean, yeah, a loss is a loss, but that's a huge. Yeah, I mean, that's not even a loss. At that rate, that's, that's just like you gave up. 
Yeah. He's uh, he's got a certain stink about him, PG, because that 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 was a horror movie rated R, <laughs> down by fifty and a half. Yeah. 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 Rated, rated PG thirteen, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's a David Cage joke. Nailed it. I got Nailed you, it. man. Nailed it. <laughs> Uh, how about uh, James Harden? Huh? Is all, all this talk? I want to trade. I want to trade. And then, and then he gets out on the floor. Forty-four points, seventeen assists in his debut. Yeah. 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 It's, seventeen it's... assists. That's something. That's a, that's a big game. That's James Harden for you. This guy's an animal when he has to be. Yeah. Just yeah. Drama off the court, on the court. Right. Business. Right. You know? Business. Yeah. And then. Christian Wood. Uh, Christian Wood has also been uh, amazing for them. <laughs> yeah, Christian uh, Wood's been quite amazing. Yeah. That duo Christian Wood, Wood is something uh, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Wall also. He's only played two games, but he. It, that, that's it. John Wall. You, you know what's he's funny? Back. John Wall yeah, is he like is. when he's on that court, he's like James Harden and I. I'm going to work. Right. Right. Give me, give me Christian. Yeah. He scored like thirty-seven in his first yeah. game. Yeah. Last night, Harden didn't play. Last night, Harden didn't even play. He dropped like twenty. And, and the Rockets won. Yeah. Yeah. John Wall's back. It's, yeah. It's yeah. Harden, no Harden. He's, he's with them. The first two games without Wall, they lost. The second two games, they had Wall, they won. Yeah. So uh, you can see the difference that he's making on the team. Yeah, you really can. I, I think I was a little bit wrong on him. I honestly thought it was that big of a gap. I know he had already been paid. He got his money. I just didn't see him coming back like the old wall. But man, is he? He's he's back in full form. Yeah, yeah, yeah he is. I, I always had uh, faith in him coming back. Yeah, and it's a fun contrast because to me, to my naked eye, I watch Harden play, and Harden looks so slow. He's got great handles, but he just looks slow. And yet he's one of these guys that no matter – just like Luca, he's not really the quickest, but he's scoring. And then Wall, to me, with my naked eye, looks unbelievably fast. He's still so quick. Yeah. How old is he, like 30? Wow. The guys – the guys – Yeah. Wall, the fastest in the league. He's the fastest in the league. Yeah, I don't think he's played a game. I think it was like 550 days between games. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 2018, yeah. I think. He was out longer than Michael Jordan's first retirement. When Jordan went to play baseball and then he came back, Jordan was out for less time than John Wall was out for these past two yeah. years. That's crazy. Yeah. The last oh, game funny. he played was versus the Celtics in the playoffs. Versus the Celtics? Uh, Before the Celtics went to go uh-huh. play on the Cavaliers. Really? Is that true? Because I was just watching the 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 Celtics Pistons game, and it said that John Wall's last. Uh, no, it wasn't John Wall. Sorry, it was someone. Somebody else's last game was against the Pistons. I don't know. Never mind. No, yeah, uh, I'm mixing it up. Celtics. Yeah, his, his last game was against the Celtics. So yeah, to sum it up, John Wall is back. Right. Yeah. John Wall is John back. back. John Wall is back. John Wall is back, and his absence is being felt in Washington. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's exactly. You got you got the very best of Wall, and you're getting a declining Westbrook, and and Wall's a danger. The second he steps over that half court line, I mean, he's he's got his head down to the basket. Yeah, that's right. He's he's going crazy in Houston. Everyone said this was a W for Houston and an L for uh, Washington. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah. I, like, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. How are you? I was just saying, pair him up with Christian Wood, and uh, right. it's, it's a winning team. Oh, yeah. 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 I, look, yeah, I did my pair him up with Christian Wood on my fantasy team. Yeah. <laughs> it's working out very well for me. Yeah. 
What do you guys? Yeah, that's, it seems to have been the and then that's that is the ideal rebuild formula, right? Which is you have these proven all stars. Where if, let's just say you hit a dead end with Harden and Westbrook, is you got to cut them and bring people in who have a chip on their shoulder and athleticism to match. Wall has everything to prove. It's the first time he's playing outside of the, the team that drafted him, and I think he just wants to have fun. And, and you know, H Town's a very fun town. I know he likes to party, and I think he's having a blast. Yeah. Right. Yeah, nope. that, that's obviously good. It's energy. a fresh it's start. Good. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, it's a fresh it start. Is. Yeah. Fresh yeah. start for John Wall, fresh start for everybody. That's, uh, that's exactly what this Rockets franchise needed after rebooting, after uh, uh, refreshing the front office and getting a brand new coach. This is this is exactly the kind of thing that they needed. Like, yeah, if, and it's, if, a, and if it's a fun to, brand of basketball. Right. Yeah, it really is. And like, if they were to, to rebuild, how would they do that with Harden on the team, just rebuild to start over? Get fixing it. that you know with Harden on the team, it's not going to be easy. So mm-hmm. instead of doing that, they just completely retooled, and they went and got John Wall. They signed Christian Wood, DeMarcus right. Cousins. They they brought they brought some some nice uh, stars to the game. Yeah, oh. and, and also in key positions. It isn't like they just lopped them all like you have seven power forwards. I mean, they have right. Gordon can space the floor. He can really shoot. Christian Wood is a big guy. And it's, so this all depends on Harden. If Harden wants to really put his head down and play basketball, the team will make the playoffs and they'll, they'll be fun to watch. If, if he f- continues to force his way out, which I don't think is almost even a benefit because he'll be sold to the wrong team. Right. If I were him, I would play. Yeah. yeah. David, what are you trying hard. to have with that seven power forwards claim right there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you trying to say? You know what you're trying to say. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> This year it's point guards, not power forwards. Yeah, we got like seven guards this year. Right, right. And like not, not all of them are horrible though. So let's yeah, let's talk about the Knicks, the orange and blue. I'd love to talk about the Knicks, man. Oh I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna give you, I'm just gonna give you two <laughs> words. I'm gonna give you two words, all right? Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. Tom Thibodeau. You guys can figure out the rest. Right. This man has single-handedly saved our organization from absolute failure and irrelevancy. Got us to beat the Bucks by twenty. Got us to beat a very hard game versus Cleveland, and we made an amazing comeback versus Indiana. Like, of course, the Raptors game. Yeah, that was one off. You know, you know, the next win percentages right now, five hundred, fifty percent. Yeah, thirty three. That's a that's a win. That's a, that's five hundred is a win at this no, point. No one's yeah. saying no one's saying hey that's it we're, we're locked in we're making the playoffs we're, we're pushing you know we're no, going to make the playoffs no, no not the but, playoffs but it's so as a Knicks fan I can tell you guys that it is so refreshing to see that we finally have defense we finally have a coach on the sideline that is screaming his butt off and is actually preaching basketball mm-hmm. right. it is right. so exactly. refreshing to see that you, you got this guy that just you know, that has this old school uh, style of coaching. And it's like to see how it's fitting with today's NBA. It's, it's just so refreshing to see. Yeah, you, you, know, you knew something was wrong with Fizdale. I mean, he was too much of a cheerleader, which, like, listen, we've got enough of those. And then I, I, I had seen even the, uh, the the mopping guys that ran out during halftime were more active than Fizdale. The guy was just not, he was not interested in the position. Thibodeau is just unbelievably invested. He's got people winning games they're not supposed to. In the past, right, the Knicks were losing the games they were supposed to and losing games that they were supposed to win. They're now winning games they're not supposed to win. So those are clutch kind of culture-building things. That's terrific. Love it. I love to see that. Versus Milwaukee, you could have saw our focal point was our defense. 
You had Frank Milikina making Giannis look like a baby. Frank Milikina. No one knows who that is. The thing is, <laughs> and David, I think I told you this before. You can't not put in an effort under Tom Thibodeau. It's it's not it's not a thing. You won't, yeah. you won't tolerate. No, he doesn't tolerate that. You, you can't go into the game and just not play well under, yeah. under Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, exactly. So and also, and, and yeah, hundred percent. And part of the reason I think people might be afraid of Thibodeau, fun, he has the, he has the clout and he does have that kind of screaming energy to him. But because he's he because he plays his favorites so many minutes a game. If you're on his bad list, you're going to be playing six minutes a game. You'll never get the chance to redeem yourself. But with Thibodeau, if you're if you're one of his guys, you're playing 38 to 42 minutes a game. So you play hard, you're going to see the court. Yeah, and it's funny you say that. R.J. Barrett played 42 minutes last night. 42 minutes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Good. Let that kid run. Yeah. Scored 25 points. Yeah. Love it. After- <laughs> Yeah, let's not forget um, Barrett's lineage, right? So every team he's ever been on from like third grade and up has won the title. I mean, high school, collegiate, he's he's gone up to the ranks. So why not? Yeah. He's a winner. Austin Rivers, you got Austin Rivers preaching to the fans, you know, guys, you know, it's a process, you know. Uh, It's not going to happen overnight, step by step. We got the coaches, we got the the training staff. It's, it's, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, but. With time, it will. And, uh, For sure. By the yeah. way, I think a self, I think a self correction. Barrett and Zion lost at Duke. They, they never won. They never right, got the right. chip. They did, oh, they did lose. Right. He That's did not win at college. Lost. I remember. But I think with Barrett as your front man, you've got OB. So you've got really exciting picks. Even being picked out of the top three, you still you still nailed it with the eighth pick, right? You brought a talented guy who's a great culture guy, and Lakita's showing his worth. Um, I think you guys have the right pieces in place, and as long as you keep winning you'll be an off-season destination. That's it. And that's how you rebuild. Yeah, just just, just keep up this this uh, good production and you, you'll be more successful. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and you never know what's going to happen in the East. You know, you might sneak in the seventh seed and that's great. Look, the New York Giants just are, you know, on the verge of doing it. It doesn't sometimes matter how you do it, but that you do it. And it's just, yeah. it's just so interesting to see how they're putting in an effort on defense. It's just, it, I mean, as a Knicks fan, and I mean, I know Mikey can attest to this and Solomon can attest to this. It's just so interesting to see them playing defense, like actually mm-hmm. putting in the effort, you know, making the right moves, like switching when they have to switch. Uh, I don't know, just getting to the, you know, getting to those block shots. Uh, it's just like, you never, you never saw that as a Knicks fan. Right. Like right. now to spend and, and, you're like, you're For sure. Like, and when you play defense, Exactly. So look, if you, if you, if you let a team score 122 points, it means that now by definition, you have to do 123 points of damage on the offensive side. But if you're holding teams to 102 points, that's 20 fewer points that you have to score. So it makes it good defense makes offense easier too. Right. And all you, I mean, uh, all the players, you know, when they, when they talk to the media, they always say, uh, our practices are just based on defense. You know, that's all Tom Tibbetts wants us to do. He doesn't give a crap about offense. Offense we'll talk about later. He just wants to focus on defense. Every practice, it's just defense. Defense, defense, defense. That's terrific. And get everything so, so, Exactly. And so soon enough, you'll have a couple of grabby hands knocking away loose balls, and all of a sudden, now you go from defense and, and miss shots to being a very fun, fast-break team, right? You don't have to just score in the, in the half court. So it opens things up a little bit, gets people warmed up. I think it's terrific. It's really fun to watch. And New York is overdue. Yeah, so uh, how about the Hawks? Hawks are yeah, great. Uh, 
the Hawks uh, so far, their, uh, their record is four and two. So that's a, a six, six, seven win percentage. Uh, and they're doing great. They're doing amazing. Right now, they're looking like a, a dark horse team yeah. to, uh, to clinch a high seed in, in the playoffs, in the Eastern playoffs. And uh, uh, they're looking great. They're on fire. They're on fire. The other night, they played the Nets, and, and Trey Young actually didn't move that. That got Steve Nash really pissed off. He took a screen, and then uh, right when he gets around the screen, his defender comes above the screen and gets right behind him. And then Trey Young just gets into the shot. And when he elevates, the defender is on his back, and the ref calls a foul. And then Nash is like, that's not basketball. That's not basketball. He gets pissed. That's not basketball. That's the NBA today. That's how right, yeah, these players work. This is his, this is his skill set. Yeah. Like, how is it not basketball? Like, Trey Young is aware that once he goes around the screen, the defender is going to be on him like a magnet behind him. So he knows that if he gets into the air, he's going to create contact and he's going to draw a foul. And it's a skill in today's NBA to be drawing fouls. And maybe Nash is, is jealous that he didn't have that in his bag when he played. But this is, this is a skill now in today's NBA. And, and Trey Young is a very skilled guy. Yeah, he is. He is. He's a very skilled guy. I guess yeah, he, it's funny because Nash was really the, the king of the runner, the um, the king of the wraparound. He would get so deep into the paint, and then you'd expect, like you know, ninety five percent of people down that low put up some kind of shot, and he would just work his way back to the three point line. You know, just right. with the guy trailing. Yeah, yeah. But I keep saying this: basketball is like an ever changing game. You're going to see new things happen all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as long as you look, if you're kicking your leg out the way Reggie Miller used to, where if you play defense and you just trip him, you know, that, that's, that's ugly. That's kind of like Harden does a lot of that. He does yeah. a lot of cheap, yeah, yeah, cheap yeah. foul drum. But, but if all of us, but all, if all you're doing is just stopping at a dime and popping up for a jump shot. Right. That's, uh, that's a skill. That's a, yeah. you know, there's nothing wrong with that. He's not breaking any rules. He's not, that's not a cheap move because he's just playing into what the defense is giving him. You know, yeah. when you're kicking out that leg, that's a cheap move because the defense yeah. isn't really doing anything that they shouldn't be doing. The defense isn't doing anything to provoke that. You're just, you're just doing it. You're just taking a foul just because you feel like it. Right. What I find exactly. to be ugly is when, when you pump it and then the defender goes up in the air and you lean right, into right, it. Right. If the, I don't like that. If, if the defender is jumping straight in his position, I think it should be yeah. fine. You should not be able yeah. to jump forward into him. Leaning into him. Because then how do you how do you sell out for a block if you're afraid of that every time? Yeah. Yeah. And like it's it's funny, you hear Mike Breen mentioning on you know on the broadcast that the refs are like trying to, you know, uh, identify, you know, those calls and they're trying to like uh, right. prevent, you know, falling for those calls, you know, like right, right, right. falling for the the, the, the leaning, the, leaning, the, right. the kicking leaning. of the leg. Yeah. Into the defender, right, uh, right, right. But like you know, when you're in the heat of the moment, when you're refing a game, you see that you got to make a, you're, you're you make a split it. second decision. Yeah, exactly. You split on the spot. Yeah. You, you, can't, you can't wait, or, yeah. or else Kyrie's gonna get pissed. Like we just yeah. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. a couple of times in this game uh, against the right now. Actually, what's going on is the Nets uh, Wizards, and the refs gave a couple of late calls to Kyrie, who's getting pissed about it. Uh, and and it, it's just not pretty. It's not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's, it's the NBA finals, not the Oscars, right? So, like, you know, it's, it's your job to draw fouls, but not, not at the cost not at the cost of lying. Look, there's some games I'll turn on and I see. Trey Young just had one of these games. You see that he's got a stat line of 31 points or whatever. And you go, oh, he's been, you know, it's a good shooting night. Then you'll look and he's, he's nine for 18 from the field, but he's shooting 15 for 15 from the free throw line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So right. it's, yeah, it's very much a different NBA. A lot of free throws. Yeah. So there you go. You know, he can't, he's not hitting his shots. Let me just uh, get my way to the free throw line and get my points from there. Right. What about uh, the other night? It was Bucks against Heat and, uh, and Brooke Lopez uh, was imitating Bam's flop. Like he saw, he, he was yeah, lighting well, well, man was shooting. He was up to him and he just like, he just fell down. <laughs> he just fell down. <laughs> By the way, there was, there was a flap over the weekend where a cornerback in collegiate football, I forget it was the team, might have been like Air Force. It was blue helmets, blue caps, and um, silver unis. The guy laid down on the ground, maybe face down five to ten seconds, pretending to be dead, <laughs> straight dead. I saw that. I did see that. Yeah. It's a yeah, must see. The guy pushed him and he just fell on the floor and he just laid there. <laughs> just laid there. Yeah. <laughs> that actually reminds me of uh, when Melo was on the Oh, yes. And, uh, he, he you announced it in the next year. The ball, ball, yeah. And the ball went the other way and then it came back and he's still on the floor and they're just like playing around him and like yeah. stepping over him. <laughs> that was wild. I remember that. Was yeah. Like, he was still going on. Right. <laughs> Wow. Uh, what else? So next we got the Phoenix Suns. Who oh my God. Have, uh, started off with a 5 1 record. Mm-hmm. David, uh, I, I, I'm going to tell, tell you right off the bat Macau Bridges oh, yeah. is yeah. stepping up. Yeah. He's stepping yeah. up. Yeah, really? he really is. Yeah, he was, he was great in Villanova. I think they won the championship when he was there. But he's got crazy wingspan. He's got a great eye for the ball. He, he's speaking of the Knicks, right? So he was like a defensive specialist who then blossomed with it on the offensive side. So he kind of earned the team's trust by just stepping up, always guarding the hardest guy to guard. So it's going to be LeBron and company. Um, but he's putting up like 15 and a half points a game, two steals, grabbing a bunch of boards, and he's and he's running, he's running the floor like crazy. He's a perfect complement to to Chris Paul. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the whole team's actually shooting well. Booker's been taking fewer shots because his percentages are down. But you've had Crowder have a couple of 20-point games. You've had Bridges. You've got um, Cam Johnson really putting up the ball nicely. Johnson. Cam Johnson. I was watching uh, the game on New Year's Eve uh, against the the Jazz Mm -hmm. with uh, Lior. And actually something that Lior noticed when we were watching was that the Suns, are moving the ball around. They're playing as a team, as opposed to the yeah. Jazz, or just attacking the basket individually. Right. Yeah, I think we yeah. talked about this in a previous episode. Monty Williams is a big fan of I forget what he calls it, like a three-point approach or whatever. Which is, if you get the ball, you have to do one of three things very quickly: pass it, no, shoot it, like or take it in. Don't. Uh-huh. There's no value in sitting with the ball. So he's he's yeah. been a huge fan of swinging it around. Yeah. Go ahead. It's, it's similar to, to the seven seconds or less offense, you know? Like, the Tony used to tell him, mm-hmm. make a decision, like, right away. Don't, don't sit there and dribble the ball, you know? Exactly, because you're letting the defense get all set up. Right, right. Don't, don't let the defense set up, right. Attack him fast. Right, you know? exactly. And, and we become really, honestly, solid perimeter defenders where it used to be a little bit sloppy. 
And our biggest liability is supposed to be our biggest, you know, potential, which is Aiton. He's sometimes he plays like he's six five, you know, playing the one or two position. <laughs> and how yeah, about, that is true. How about Book, man? Book is taking those mid range shots for you guys, Whoa. knocking them down. You know, he's not forcing. He's, he's taking. Yeah. Them. And Booker's no joke. He's yeah. No, he's yeah. He's a professional scorer. I he's mean, the son. He's the son franchise right there. <laughs> oh, he's no joke. Oh wow, he's no really. Joke. I thought he was a joke. He's no joke. He's no joke. Oh, oh, no, he's no joke. Oh, okay. I got you. <laughs> so yeah, actually, this is I think a perfect segue into uh, into what we have today. It's a very special segment. We have uh, questions from uh, the Instagram followers for uh, David Jalowitz. Say Phoenix Suns. Here we go. Phoenix Suns correspondent. That's how we. That's how yes. we have to address him. He is our so, Phoenix Suns correspondent. Uh, so Heim says, "What have you been seeing from uh, CP3 lately?" So I'll go with the obvious one first, leadership, right? Every time the whistle blows, he always grabs some youngin and he'll, he'll be whispering a couple of things pretty energetically to their ears. But you're also looking, he's, he's, he's forcing a lot of spacing on the floor. He'll point him in the directions. He really wants things wide open. And the one person he's really trying to take under his wing is Aiton. Because you see yeah. that Aiton, after he sets a pick, is just simply not rolling to the basket. He's, not, he's just not pulling his weight. He's had a couple of good games. Um, just as far as statistics, but Paul's really spacing the floor for a bunch of guys, making really clutch passes and hitting them exactly where they need it to score. Right, right. Okay, so uh, next question we got here is from Mark. It says, do you see the Phoenix Suns making the playoffs? Yeah, yeah. I actually predicted a little bit of a slower start because I thought that chemistry would kind of be a little bit of an issue. Just when you put in a couple of the new pieces that it takes time to, to, to iron it in. But yeah, I mean, it looks like they're going to be anywhere from like a third to a fifth seed. Wow. And I'll tell you this, they have they have the teamwork thing down. So as long as the buckets keep falling, the ball's moving, um, they, they have a good understanding of where people are going to be on the floor. And they're really a pleasure to watch in the half-court set, too. Just, right. <laughs> you have Chris Paul there, you're going to have the teamwork there. Also, the, move, the ball's going to move around, the, the, the team's going to work with one mind, and, and Chris Paul is the guy who's, who's going to bring the team closer to that goal. Just mm -hmm. really quickly, back to before, I think someone asked you about CP3. Um, I, I just noticed, and I think I told you this one, but I just noticed how he's being a lot more passive on the Suns. He's not, like, as aggressive as he was on the Thunder in terms mm -hmm. of his shooting. Like, he's not attacking mm -hmm. the basket and, like, pulling up with those mid-range shots. He's doing a lot of more pick and rolls for eight and. He's, he's dishing the ball to Booker, allowing Book to do whatever he has to do on the floor. Like, like, what do you think of that? Do you want Paul taking more shots, like as a Suns fan? No, I think it's a great observation. I think that the, I would imagine as an NBA point guard, the best way to understand and kind of learn about your new team is to keep your head up and away from the basket and to see where your people are going to be. So he happens to find him in, in, in good spots. I, I, Steve Nash did the same thing. For a person who was as effective in the mid-range jump shot he always he was shoot last and um I, you know I, I think that what you're getting with cp3 is almost kind of a little bit of a homage to to the steve nash which is facilitate first and score second if you have to you know who you guys need in phoenix amari stoudemire to mentor deandre oh, okay. if amari stoudemire mm -hmm. was in phoenix he'd, yeah. he'd, he'd you know put Aiden yeah. on a different he'd, level he'd, uh, beat Aiden into shape yeah. Yeah, it's exactly in 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 a, in a league where everyone's getting called for fouls. He's just not aggressive enough. Too often he'll be five feet away from the basket with his shoulders back to it. it. Just it's a quick sky hook, 
and he will actually look to pass out. And you see, Paul will catch it and pass it back in. Like, no, 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 this is all you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, uh... all right. So next question uh, we got from actually David's cousin, Albert Salava. It says, what are your thoughts on DeAndre Ayton? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of just answered that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all I would say is, you know, I would say a couple of things. I would say, I would, in his locker, I would write, play your draft order like you're the first pick overall and you've got Luca right behind you so play your I, yeah, I would say I would say play your position which you're a center you got to play big play your size at 611 to whatever you are and also and then just and don't be the weakest part of the team everyone really has stepped up I mean anybody from Javon Carter to Mikel Bridges we talked about these are guys that have grown more than you have and you're expected to grow the most so we're looking at you big guy come on and, and then, you know, this is what we told Jack Rosso when he was on with us uh, two weeks ago. And he, 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 he disagreed with us, actually. He said that Ian's doing pretty good. And we, we, all, we all were yelling at him for that. Because, and, and we told him that Aid's not playing like a first overall pick. And what, what did he blame it on? He blamed it on the Phoenix Suns. Saying right. that, you know, the, the Suns are yeah. just not a well, I don't know, built team. And I'm like, uh, yeah, This I mean, was before the season started. No way. Right. So if you just if you rewind the tape to our last conversation, you're saying that the Phoenix Suns are swinging the ball well, which means that he would yeah, get exactly, exactly where he needs it. He's got a Hall of Fame point guard setting him up. He's got Booker right. attracting attention. Like all the key components for you to have space to operate are in position. You have the right coach. You just got to be tougher. He's he's a pass first center, and that's just also honestly forget even his scoring or his defense. Like right? they all have the same thing in common. And the answer is if you watch him rebound. He'll stick his arms up like a T-Rex, and he will not ever lean too far. <laughs> the guy misses more rebounds than he gets. So that's all. It's symptomatic of just, it seems like, either lack of hustle or just not good like awareness. And how about those little turnaround shots, you know, in front of the, you know, I don't know five feet away from the rim? Like, take it to the basket. Yeah, Put a body. Exactly. And exactly. And then also, he's, he's got a pretty good mid-range when he's facing the basket. So stop with this, you know, 180 Hakeem Olajuwon fadeaway dream shot. Get, get to your spot, get to where you're comfortable, and take your shot. Yeah. And, and I'm going to put this out there, because if the season ends without one of these, I'm going to be angry. Like, you're 6'11", you're a number one pick, and you have no body fat. If by the end of the season, I don't see a poster dunk on somebody, there's something wrong. Right. You Absolutely. play at the basket. Come Absolutely. on, show me something. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this is what you would expect from a, a, a big guy who plays Supposed to play big, and right. again, he's the first overall pick. First, overall. yeah, uh, exactly. A poster dunk is far. There's not too much to ask. How many posters does Zion Williamson have? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Look yeah. at that. Zion's a different animal. Obviously, different. Yeah, Zion is, is, is Zion. amazingly athletic, but, so but still, you're a first yeah. overall pick. Yeah, <laughs> come yeah. on. We expect more from from. Uh, I don't know another player built like Zion. He's so unique in the way he's like able to play the sport that you just see this guy bodying so many defenders. Yeah, it's sick, and he's not even trying. So even more than his dunk attempts, which yeah, I he's not even trying. Yeah. yeah, the guy's got a thirty-second YouTube reel of him pulling the ball away from grown men. You know. <laughs> His first summer league game, he didn't like steal the ball from Kevin Knox. He genuinely made sure he got it out of his hands in the most barbaric way possible. And he, he took out right his soul. Over him. 
Yeah, he stole his soul in that play. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And Zion is incredibly strong. Yeah. Can, right. uh, it was reported that Kevin Knox spent 30 minutes crying in the shower after that happened. That was... <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Knowing Fizdale's Knicks. What do you think would happen if, uh, if Zion stripped it from eight? <laughs> he would. Yeah, he, Aiden's not. He he's, he's not fast to get the rebounds on the floor. Listen, hopefully Aiden he changes my, you know, changes my mind. <laughs> 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 All right. So, uh, a, a final thought about Aiden. We mentioned this earlier, but Aiden only played coming from the Caribbean. He'd only played basketball. I think starting at thirteen or fourteen years old. So you're hoping that he is now pro in college. Yeah, moving forward, he's either Bahamian or Bermudian. Uh-huh. One of the two. So, that's, so he's uh, got room to grow. So yeah, he does. Yeah. 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 So he started a little bit late. All right. So the next question we got is from uh, Leroy, all the way out in uh, Belgium. It says, Coach Monty Williams, do you like his game plan? Yeah. Um, listen, I, even if you lose the game, I'm all for getting it out of your hands fast, passing it around. You know, look, with bad passes, clearly bad things happen. But, but usually good things happen when you're swinging the ball around. You're going to find the open men, and their shooting percentage is good. I think they set some type of record for free throw percentage um, last year in the bubble, right? They they finished the season, I think, the best shooting free throw team in NBA history. So usually when, when there's poor free throw shooting, you blame coaches and players. So you have to go the other way when, when it's good percentages. you got to, you know, you got to pat the coach on the back. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's interesting to note that CP3 – like one of the main reasons why he wanted to go to Phoenix was because of Coach Monty Williams. He liked what he was doing wow. in Phoenix, you know. Other than Booker, obviously, and uh, the young guys, yeah, he, he actually wanted Monty Williams. Yeah, Monty we've had illness at every level of ownership going down to the coach at some point. But so the owner Robert Sarver is is typically himself always, but he's actually stepped aside long enough for the GM and James Jones to really operate and bring in those culture guys, glue guys, and then he brought in um, he brought in Monty. And Monty was a very solid hire. Very, very solid. He, he, he finesses being a player's coach and being kind of a father figure at the same time. Not commonly seen. All right. So next question we got here. Alan Sassoon says, what is the ceiling for Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson? I mean, what's Johnson? Six, nine. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. If you watch a, if you watch a son's game, I would say a third of all of his touches, either the color man or the announcer is always mentioning he's from North Carolina. So Johnson <laughs> has that pedigree. He seemed to kind of slip in there with the, I think 11th pick. I think it was because they had traded down and people were kind of a little bit of, ner- you know, a little nervous. Yeah. He Johnson's somebody who needs to see more touches. Bridges is somebody that's benefiting from being on the court as a starter. And I think that given equal opportunity, then both of them will really progress. But Bridges is the guy on defense, even though he's not built like it. He really takes these people on. And um, and even on offense, he's pulling his weight. Oh, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Off and, when you, and when you have – the Suns are incredibly deep. So not only do you have support on the offensive side, but my opinion, when you have a very deep team, because there's an option behind you and Jay Crowder and all you know these proven guys, you have to play as hard as you can because if you get taken off the court, you might not step back on. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I, I do kind of want to see a little more from Cam Johnson. I don't know. Like, I, I, when I watch him, I just – I feel like he's a, he's a bit hesitant at the three-point line. I don't know if you notice it, but, like, you know, when he catches it, he kind of, like, fakes it and then just, like, hopefully yeah. just passes out of it. If he doesn't have the shot, obviously. But, uh, I don't know, you know, pump fake it, go to the basket. Uh, exactly, you know, yeah. A little more aggression out of Cam. 
Yeah, especially at your size. And he's, he's pretty smooth with it. He runs the floor very nicely on a fast break. He's always got his head up. He's looking to make the double pass or even dunk it. So clearly he has the skill to get to the basket and a good nose for it. But look, as a three-point shooter, which is what he is naturally, you can, only, you can only buy that space from a defender if they're afraid of you blowing by them. So yeah, for his own good, he's got to lower his head, draw the foul. All you have to do is keep that pump fake from the three-point line, take a couple of steps in, stop, pump fake, put it up. You're 6'9". They're going to leap early. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it's a minutes matter. You know, he's, he comes off the bench and he's getting, you know, your, your 22 to 29 minutes a game. He needs a little bit more. I think right. it'll happen. All right. So next question. Actually, I think we just kind of answered also. Jeremy says, how's Mikel Bridges playing in your opinion? Well, I mean, somebody, somebody from the NBA just tweeted that he should be so far the most improved player. I think might have uh, been Bradley Beal. Somebody, that. but yeah. I mean, listen, you got a case for I think it's Christian Wood. Ooh, Christian. Oh, good point. I, I yeah, think yeah, Christian yeah, Wood. Good point. That's a good yeah. one, yeah. Christian yeah. Wood. Christian was amazing. Yeah. Was like amazing. Now, was he actually like 24, 25 yeah. points a yeah. game? Uh, more. Yeah, he's yeah. been reborn. Well. Very well, how yeah. many years did he spend in Philly? How long was he in Philly? He was in Philly one time. I'm not sure how long he was there. And uh, in Detroit. How long was he on the Pistons? Yeah. Wait. I think Detroit is where, like, you know, he kind of. Right. Because last season they basically out. centered the team around him and D Rose. Right. Yeah. Blake Griffin. Blake. Right. And Blake. Drummond when Drummond was there. Yeah. That's yeah. true. All right. So uh, next question we have here is actually from an anonymous source. Uh, it says the question is, David, how do you wake up in the morning knowing that John Wright's team will be playing without him? Oh God! What are you doing? Who's this anonymous? Story? <laughs> I don't know, it just says anonymous. <laughs> what? I think it's Jai asking me. I think, <laughs> think Jai just submitted that one. Um, I mean, so I mean, we all saw the the highlight of that. I mean, I happened to see it in, in real time, and when I saw the wheelchair getting pulled in, Mike, I mean, look. I've been for years complaining that in the NFL and in baseball and in basketball, when these guys get hurt, you never see a pair of crutches being handed to them. They always have to kind of get lifted off or unless it's really bad, they get carted away. I, I don't understand that. So when the wheelchair finally came in for John Moran, I thought, Ooh boy, because you never see it. This is not going to be good. And, and that's his game is explosion. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he, man, he seemed to really duck it. And look, I'm sure he'll ban a minutes restriction when he first gets back. But they're saying three to five weeks. Yeah, let's all be thankful that it's uh, only three to five yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah. Was this? Uh, yeah, Jaron's still out indefinitely. And that, like, next day, they they uh, recalled it for three to five weeks. Three five weeks. And uh, he actually wasn't even got. He didn't get the that injury going up for a layup. It was on a defensive play. He was yeah. contesting a shot. Yeah. And he landed on the shooter's foot. I think. Yeah. 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 And and then yeah, he was too. just hopping off the court. Hopping on, on one Literally leg. Hopping, yeah. yeah, it did not look good. Like it did not look good. Yeah. yeah, and anytime the side of your ankle makes contact with the floor at a 90-degree bend, it's typically not a good thing. Honestly, in some of those cases, sometimes those fractures are easier on the body than the type of, like, nerve damage you might have. So sometimes a broken bone can heal, right, in right. the reformation. But otherwise, yeah. if, you, if you really screw a tendon up, it could take forever. He got very lucky. But I, I think I think the Grizzlies is one of those answers where if you're thinking, well, if all these teams in the West are taking steps forward, 
and pushing into the playoffs, right? You've always had Portland on the, on the bubble. Phoenix is pushing in. So somebody has to get pushed out. I think Memphis is that team where even if he's back in four or five weeks, I just think that they're going to be slipping enough where they're not going to even come close. Right. Exactly. Without uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. and now John Moran also, you know, it's going to take a toll. It's Brandon Clark's team. At this rate. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And they also and they lose too many close games. You know, at the moment where you could win it, you just they don't. They lose a lot of those close ones. Uh huh. Right. That, that's that's just not good. All right. Next question comes from Emil. He says, "Who should play backup point guard for Chris Paul and the Suns? Is it Cameron Payne or Langston Galloway? So who's getting more minutes?" I, I think well, I think a better Emil, a good question. But I think a better choice as the second option would be Javon Carter, who's a defensive right. first, facilitating first kind of point guard. I, who I love. I think he'll be around for 15 years in the NBA and a bunch of different teams. And he, he's a shutdown guy already at his age, and um, he, he's good at the corner three. Galloway's instant offense, right? Just add water. Um, but, <laughs> add water. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> I see a lot of um, I see a lot of like Jamal Crawford and Cameron Payne in a different in a, in a little bit of a different body type but I just uh, it's almost like he's very exciting he's kind of a fun burst to watch I think he's a professional scorer too I think he's got a future but he just can't ever seem to get that many minutes he's a good defender too he gets all of them to do, you know uh, the, the ball the yeah. yeah yeah okay so uh Next question, we have a spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Harry Chazanoff uh, will be a, uh, a guest on next week's on our next episode. Uh, sorry, well deserved. Uh, That's right. Well deserved. The, uh, Center Sports Talk. Right. Which uh, David actually appeared on. Oh, wow. <laughs> Started right. quarantine play, man. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Harry will be here next week on um, the next episode. Uh, so he's asking, do you think Booker We'll get out of his funk. And he actually has two questions. Will Chris Paul and Booker work together? So is Booker going to get out of this shooting funk? And how are they going to work together? I, yeah, I think that – let's answer the second one first. So I think Booker for sure is a good candidate to, to step in and be that selfless all-star. A, because he's been there for six or seven years and really just needs the deloading. He needs help. But also because I know for a fact, I mean, he's been public about this, is the most important person in his life basketball-wise was Kobe. So he looked and really kind of worshipped that, that older generation. So CP3 is from, if you will, that, that end of Kobe generation. So I think that he's, especially with Kobe's passing, I think that he's the father figure he needs at the time. Um, what was the first question again? I'm sorry. Uh, Just as far as him, him stepping out of the funk? Yeah, right. right. I was, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, look, shooters are going to shoot, and, and he'll put up more attempts as he gets more proficient. He was he was putting up what twenty eight points a game, shooting threes at more than forty percent, and shooting free throws at like ninety two and ninety three percent. Right. So, and that's who he is. He's proven that for for years. So yeah, he'll be back in no time. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, uh, especially so because the Suns are scoring without him, which means that there isn't the pressure to have him put forty on a night. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so it looks like that's all the questions we have for you right now. Uh, and it looks like we're going to move on to the next topic. Uh, let's talk about the uh, sex land. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
Sexland. Sexland. That's what it's called. That's great. I forgot that's what the internet's calling that now. That duo really Harry's works. Garland and Colin Sexton. Yes, apparently. Colin Sexton is playing amazingly. The, the duo who we said last season forward. would never survive in the NBA are doing well. Let's yeah. see. Colin Sexton, right now on the season, 27, 28 games. 26 points per game. Yeah. yeah. 26 points per game, uh, 3.7 assists. So Kyle Sexton's playing amazingly. And he was actually known as like a defensive guy. You know, he's, he's usually focused on defense coming out of college. Yeah. So now so when you play for the Cavs. You have uh, <laughs> Kyle Sexton. Kyle is being a great guy on offense. And then you've got Andre Drummond down low. Oh, JaVale uh, McGee. Right, and JaVale McGee who brings a lot of energy to the team. Uh, so really, put it all together, and they're doing pretty good at, in the beginning of the season. They're, they're doing really good, the 4-2 record. Uh, you guys think that this is going to pan out, or yeah. they're going to fall yeah. apart? I think they're going to fall apart. I don't, yeah. I don't know. You know it's only a matter of time before sex land uh, gets destroyed. Right. <laughs> Before Hashem uh, they may see some, some uh, overpopulation in uh, sex land. <laughs> 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 the internet is just undefeated, and that proves COVID is going to infect it. <laughs> right. Rudy Gobert is going to shut it down. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> All right. So, uh, how about the Philadelphia 76ers? Is that a team? That's yeah. five and one. Yeah, they're doing so, something right. Yeah, they, they're starting off with a great record. Uh, the Sixers. Can I just say Tyrese Maxey has been a good rookie for them? Yeah, the Sixers yeah. actually yeah. had an easier schedule than I think the Suns had. So it's not really the same, but still, five and one record is, is nothing to scoff at. And uh, again, do you think that this is going to pan out during the regular season? Or no idea. I can't say from now. Uh, I want to say from now. Season, or you think somewhere along the way something's going to happen and, and they're going to fall apart? I mean, Embiid's an always he's an injury risk. I mean, every one of their players is playing nicely, and this is a it's a it's a season that's ten games shorter than the rest of them. So as long as you're streaky in the right direction, I think they'll be a great um, regular season team. But again, nerves get to you, and just like the Bucks, you know, the Sixers have to show me something in the playoffs. Things are different. Yeah. 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 In terms of the regular season, I see them playing well. I think I think they can yeah. do pretty well in the season. But yeah, as David said, in the playoffs, I think they're just going to fall apart. Yeah, I agree with you. I have the same, uh, same opinion there. And uh, right now, what's working for them is, is uh, a lot of guys are just playing great. Tobias Harris Seth is, is big for them. Seth Curry. Great acquisition. Yeah. Yeah, he really is. He's bringing uh, the shooting. Yeah. Also, Danny yeah. Green surprisingly yeah, hitting Green. threes. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, the Sixers had a roster a couple of years ago of so many three-point shooters, top to bottom, and then Mo- JJ Redick and company, and most of them are all gone, and they've just been able to kind of just load up again on three-point shooting. But again, with three-point shooting, if you you know live by the sword, die by the sword, and also with your point guard, not you know, was your starting point guard afraid to even shoot them? Right. That's oh. got to close up the basket bit. Oh my God! Don't get me started, <laughs> <laughs> How do you, how are you eligible for a max contract if you are afraid to even shoot threes in 2021? Doesn't make sense to me. 
does not make sense. No, I mean, Curry has hit more back. Yeah, Curry has hit more in his jumpsuit before the game. Than he did in <laughs> oh my God, David! We just saw Robin Lopez hit Yeah, yeah. You know, Robin Lopez is one of those guys who spent the last third of his career chucking up those threes in practice and really getting uh-huh. good. You know, relatively speaking. I like his brother. Yeah, the Splash Mountain. Yeah. His brother played on the, he was that murdering clown, right? In, in, uh, in The Simpsons? Huh? No, Robin, the guy with the... Uh, Robin Lopez. Oh! Yes, yes, yeah, Robin yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that wanted Bart dead, yeah. yeah. No, the one that hates the mascots. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, another team to watch out for this season is the Orlando Magic. These guys are coming out of the gate with Cole Anthony and making magic. Yeah, four and two record. Uh, and guys, look out for or yes, Cole Anthony as well as Markel Fultz, Fultz who has came Markel Fultz, as we all know, a first overall bus. That's right. Well, actually, that bus label is beginning. He's beginning to shake it off. Yeah, in, in the first two weeks of the season. Uh, let's see. What are his what, averages? This man. What's what's his what's his free throw percentage? Because I know he was really struggling there. I recently picked him up on my fantasy team, so I will tell you right now. There's uh. They oh, said rumor had it he was actually meeting with sports therapists. But he is his mind is just. Yeah, uh, points uh, on the season, uh, and he's averaging a field goal percentage of of. Uh, 40% and a three point percentage of, oh, that's not good, 27%. If, yeah. Uh, so the three point percentage isn't so good on the season, but he is improving. Uh, last week, on the week, he averaged 40% from three. Okay. That's a, that's a good sign. Uh, so just, just wait to see more from him, you know, just wait to see what else he can do. I think Orlando is one of the perfect spots he could have landed because you, you, if you were to list the teams in Florida, you're always going to go Heat first, right, and then Magic. So no one really thinks about them as often. So he gets to kind of fly under the radar. Uh-huh. You know, Jonathan Isaacs is out with that knee injury, so he's getting more touches than ever. And like you said with Cole Anthony, it's just a fun, fast brand of basketball. Right, right. Let's see if it lasts. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Colts also getting a lot of assists over there in Orlando. Uh Currently averaging on the season 5.8 assists, which is really good. And actually, the reason I picked him up, he's averaging a steal game. One steal per game. That's good. Both ends of the floor. Good for him. It's It's nice to to see that happen. Yeah, it's nice to see that Orlando Orlando Magic gave him a chance. You know, like, I gave him a chance. The Sixers just gave up on him. Yeah. Yeah, they just gave up hope for him. Yeah, I mean, when he was at Washington, right, for, for college, he was super athletic and he had no fear going to the basket. And he was able to pull up and shoot. Something happened when he put that draft cap on and just kind of scrambled his head oh where he, he just, he was never, he was never that number one guy. Yeah. There was a similar situation in baseball. Was it Rick, Rich Ankeel, who was a, a pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals and all of a sudden, like in a, an important championship series, the guy couldn't find the plate if you paid him and they were paying him. And the guy threw 10 feet over and five feet to the right and 10 feet to the left and actually dropped down to the minors and came back as an outfielder. 
and was able to save his career. But he had a similar mental breakdown. Yeah, sports psychologists actually like you know they matter. And obviously, to these athletes, you know, with these injuries. Yeah, one hundred percent. When the confidence level just like goes from a hundred to zero real quick after an injury, you know, you just lose all confidence. You know who would have been a horrible sports psychologist? Rest in peace, is Kobe. Man, I just can't figure it out. Just, just win. Just, just, just do it. You know, and just score. Yeah. That's no smart. mercy. Just, uh, no patience. Just yeah. play the game. Yep. Just do it. Right. Just his uh, his mindset on those things. Uh, so, right. So, Marco Fultz, we spoke about. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets have a three and three record. Uh, so Kevin Durant seems to be back. Kevin Durant is barely back. I think he's fully back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think he's completely back. That, that, that's you know, no, no, no uh, argument there. No. See how high he got? Yeah, yeah. He just, we just watched him uh, uh, jump off of that injured leg, and he got up high, and then he came down back on that leg, and he just got up like nothing happened. It was a scary fall. Yeah. Again, yeah, again. that's good to see. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's good to see that he's uh, completely healthy. And he's able to get to his spots and, and make his shots. Uh, and he was, I mean, yes, look, he was stacked on a Golden State team. And that's proven, look, with Curry not being able to get quality shots now because it's easier to guard them. But Durant was making a very viable case as far as a better scorer than LeBron. Maybe not a passer, maybe not a leader, maybe not a defensive guy, but just as far as pure athleticism when it comes to scoring, as he's shooting, forget it. He's, he's silky smooth and he was able to, I thought, kind of vibe for that position. It's great to see him back. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. He's a weapon. Yeah, so speaking of the Warriors and Steph Curry, uh, there's a lot of criticism going on about Curry. And he actually said that he's going to have to rely on his teammates. And he knows that when he has the ball, he's going to get double teamed. So he's going to have to pass it out and rely on his teammates to either take the shot and make it or just get the ball back to him. Right. Right? So my question to you guys is, is this really Curry's fault? Or is, is it the team's fault? Or like what, what, what has to be changed? Whose fault is it? Look, I'm going to say this. I saw this on Instagram. It was a, I don't know if it was a meme, but someone, you know, captioned this and they said, you know, LeBron wasn't complaining like this in 2018 when uh, he had, you know, nobody so to speak with the, with, the, with that Cavs right, team. Right. He did it, you know, he, he did what he had to do. He played, he played through it. He got them far in the playoffs. And I mean, he went to the finals. It, but also it's, it's different. You know, Steph has, you know, this team of young guys that, you know, aren't really experienced as much as them, obviously, you know. Now, hold on, the difference yeah. is- is that LeBron actually played without any all-stars when he was on the Cavs in the first place before yeah. he went to the yeah. game. Stephen Curry, uh, ever since uh, 2014, has not played with – actually, even maybe before that because he had Monte Ellis for that. So Stephen Curry I love Monte. really played without another all-star. It's 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 like a Lamborghini parked outside a, an RV. Put right, it that way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like that That's what it is. You know that you guys see that, that meme? Yeah. Yeah. 
that's what it yeah. is. Steph doesn't have any help on that team. And I get it. Look, Kelly Oubre, great pickup. Very nice. But he's been doing But he's been hardly. doing nothing. What is he? Over yeah. over 36? He something was like that. actually started off the season 0 for 31 from the field on non-bunk attempts. 0 for 17 from three. And and he was horrendous. And there was one game where he, he finally hit his first three of the season. And it's just horrible. I think he's got to loosen up. Wiggins might feel like he's got to find his role. On paper, you, you have a team that can score. Look, you got hit with Clay. Clay is one of the greater shooters. One could even make an argument that you mentioned LeBron, but Clay could be a, 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 almost a better teammate than Kyrie could have been in, in, the, in, wow. in the way that he has it to Curry. Anybody can that score that many points on nine dribbles and play defense against your number one guy is a killer. So Clay went out. You had Ubre. You had Wiggins. You've got a, a number two draft pick in this big guy. He just okay, has to be able to use his hands and – so on paper, you have somebody, you know, you have a team that could squeeze into the eighth spot as a fun run-and-gun type offense, but he's the only guy now. You just got to keep shooting, got to keep passing, and I think Ubre and Wiggins are going to step up eventually. It's just a lot of averages. Right, right. Yeah, okay. But, I mean, Wiseman has been performing great. Wiseman's doing great. It took him, it yeah. took him a minute yeah. to, to start playing well, but yeah, he's doing pretty well. Yeah. Right. And look, Ubre is still active on a defensive end. He's always good for energy there. So he's good for more than just a bucket, right. even though he's got to make them. Yeah, he, he's, he's a good steals guy. Yeah, that's always good. It's good to rely on. But there's a lot of pressure also going into the season, I think, because well, Clay was just such a, a gut punch. I think they're still recovering from right. it. And I think, if I stand corrected, I think they're opening up a, they opened a brand new season, um, a brand new stadium up, didn't they? Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. This yep. year? So there's a pressure to perform, and even though stand, you know, there are no there are no people in the stands. Really, it's like ah, it's pressure to perform because this billionaire boss here has just opened up a new shop. No fans. Yeah, it's it's a very different situation. Yeah, okay. it's an adjustment top to bottom. Oh wow. Okay, yeah. I was not expecting that. Yeah, the, I was just telling some the Nets lost to the Wizards, so that means yeah, they're three and speak. four now. Yeah. Wow. The Nets are the Nets have a losing record. Yeah. And, and okay, so that's going to be the chemistry will eventually become, but that's going to be a stress test in the locker room, right? When Kyrie looks over at KD, what happens now? This was always the question. It wasn't talent, it was cohesion. Right. Yeah. The, the problem I think that the Nets have is their defense. They don't have a great defense. Like at, at halftime, I think, right? The, the score was 80, tied at 80 with the Wizards. And like you see that they're scoring eighty points, so it's a high scoring game. But but again, they're allowing eighty points from the other team. They they couldn't hold down Ruby Hachimura. I mean the guy right. looked like an all star out there. <laughs> yeah, Thomas Bryant also weird. playing like Yeah, Thomas know. Bryant was playing great. Yeah, he was playing really they Thomas Bryant has been playing great. Yeah. Thomas Bryant was really uh, so really I th- I think uh, and, and you know, I don't think that's gonna change with the Nets because with the coaching staff that they have right now, Steve Nash, Mike Antoni. These are not guys who are going to help you Tell with your defense. Levert. Tell them what they did with Karis LeVert. Oh, my God. Karis LeVert in the, the first quarter, right? Second, second. Oh, in the second quarter, had three fouls. In the second quarter, had three fouls. It was early on. There was still like eight minutes left in the second quarter. He had three fouls, and Nash left him in the game. Nash just left him in the game. And, and, and they were down by 10. And I'm like, you know, okay, keep them in the game because they're down by 10. And they cut the lead down, and they took Levert out. But then he just pulled Levert right back in. And it's still five minutes up in the second quarter. And it's like, 
I'm, I'm saying if the Wizards just attack Levert, for sure, for um, sure. Yeah, just draw, just draw some fouls on him. They be able, they'll be able to get him fouled out. Yeah, right? exactly. And, and Levert, and Levert is that piece you need because, like, let's just say in a last minute scenario, Kyrie's going to be covered and Katie's going to be covered. Levert's that guy who's third but can score like crazy, who's going to have that open look with the right. chance to win it. You need him in the game. Can't leave him on an island there with three fouls and eight minutes to go. Everybody, would be, I yeah, I pull him out. And I'm not a coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I said if if he if they were to just get him another foul, he would have four fouls going into the half. So somebody please tell Steve Nash that that's not coaching. That's <laughs> not. <laughs> that's not coaching. That's not coach. That's not basketball, Steve Nash. That's not basketball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Should we call it? Let's call it. Big baby. Let's call it. All right. Okay. It's been real. Once again, again, thank you for watching Sporting BSM. We really appreciate everything. This is uh, Will Chamberlain signing off. This is Chris Mullen. And Big Baby. (laughs) (laughs) We will see you guys next week with Harry Chamberlain. We appreciate it. Thank you. Harry the Goat.